0: Welcome to the daily path podcast, where it's all about building an authentic life and business. I'm your host, Joe Winters, Jr. And now for today's message. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Daily Path Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Winters Jr. And today I'm joined by Heidi Medina, who is a marketing strategist and business coach who works with service-based business owners and coaches wanting a flexible and personalized marketing strategy. Heidi, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. I'm so I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So um, I would like to talk to you about what you do, your process for attracting high-ticket clients online And how you got to where you are today. So let's start with what you were doing right before you began business coaching and providing marketing strategies. What led you to the work that you do today?
1: It's a combination of things. So what I was doing right before, I spent almost a decade doing content and social media strategy for large corporations. And But I've been doing business mentoring my whole life. This is my fourth business. So I've got over 25 years and just building four different businesses. And that entire time I've done business mentoring and I just kept getting called to help more people. So I jumped into the business coaching side of things and that allowed, you know, it's why why not make money doing what you love doing anyway, helping people too. So it just fit better. And then because I just have... I adore marketing. I mean, I've loved it since I was a kid. I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs and I always was attracted to the marketing side. So it's just all come full circle, I guess, in a sense.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's quite natural for you. for you. So you said that you've built four different businesses. Were those in like the same industries, different industries? What industries were those businesses in?
1: It's actually been different industries. So when I got out... When I was 18, I jumped into one of my first real jobs out of the family business. I grew up in a family business, entrepreneurs, everything. And I went into the working world right at 18 and stuff. So I started working for a landscape company. And my old, well, part of the entrepreneur side, when my sister and I were uh, 13 and 11, we had actually started growing plants. I grew up on a produce farm and my sister and I decided we wanted to grow plants. And we grew, ended up growing a plant nursery that my dad is still running today. Mm. So when I was 18, I was like, I was already used to growing plants and planting flowers and that kind of stuff. So I started work with a landscape corporation, a big one, and they decided to let one section of their company go. And when they did, they offered it to me. Because mm. I would worked with them for over four years. And so I ended up in the landscape industry with a company for over um, 13 years. Mm. Multi-six-figure company, won awards, magazine That's covers, awesome. the whole thing. And so that was my first a business as an adult. Okay. okay. <laughs> and then divorce, some things not so great, uh, caused an in, natural end to that for me. And I went to the corporate world. I ended up management for a little bit. And then 2008 recession hit. So, and I wasn't doing so well as an employee, to be honest. I've just I've been, it's always been business owner's shoes my entire life. Okay. <laughs> so next business was a cleaning business for four years. But I always had this dream. The minute I saw the first computer, my when my dad brought it home when I was like, I think it was 13 or 14, when it's handy, a tandy back in the day, you know, the big boxes, the whole works. I always had this dream that one day I'd be able to live and work from anywhere in the world. Mm. So while I was doing that cleaning business, I also went back to the university and got um, a degree in IT thinking I was going to go in because I've always had an affliction for computers. And then the next thing you know, I'm in content writing. Mm. Decade later, now I've, in, <laughs> I've turned all that come full circle into marketing, all everything I've learned into marketing so that I can – help other business owners achieve their dreams because Mm. I've been able to do that. And I want to support other people and realizing, you know, your dreams are possible Mm. and building a business allows that to happen.
0: Absolutely. So, so it sounds like you went from, um, you, you were running operating a cleaning business and then you started writing content. Who were, when you started writing content, were you just writing content for yourself? And then you started a math, like, you know, getting a following, were you writing content for the cleaning business? Like, you know, how did you get to a point where you knew, like, okay, I'm good at writing content? Like, what was that setting like?
1: I've always been a writer. I was actually even already small publications and stuff when I was in high school and things. So I've always had an affliction towards writing. So I started out when it was writing. At first, it was a personal blog. And then I also, I've been, uh, done the chef thing here for a few years and stuff. So I started a recipe blog food blog for a while. But at the same time, I was hitting up job boards and Craigslist.
0: Okay.
1: The first paid content writing job I had was a complete crap, SEO, keyword stuffing, two, 300 word blog posts. I mean, horrible stuff where you just, they they had a minimum of keywords had to be in it. It was just, it was horrible. It was horrible, (laughs) but I got paid. Four cents a word. First, (laughs) First job on writing was that. But, you know, it was a start because not only that, I learned a lot about SEO, which allowed, which, of course, is a really good skill. So I'm not just a content writer in that aspect. I'm also a SEO trained content writer, Mm. which also led into social media. And so it's been, you know, one thing after another in that. And from that job led to the next thing of getting paid my first twenty five dollars. I just wrote about this the other day. My first twenty five dollars get paid for an article with my name on it, published on it, stuff online. You know, today I make thousands for blog posts. So right. it's it's interesting how that journey started.
0: Right, absolutely. Where it ended up. So so let's, if you don't mind, can you speak to that a little bit? Let's say someone, ha, you know, is a skilled writer or they have a passion for writing and they are interested in monetizing their writing through a blog as you mentioned right like you you went from writing you know four cents uh a word to getting paid 25 dollars per article to now making thousands of dollars per blog post but if you had to offer you know i guess kind of from your hindsight like what would you offer to someone who's trying to break into um the online space as a writer like how can they go about actually making their first transaction as a writer does that make sense
1: it makes perfect sense. Uh, get used to being told no a lot and handling rejection mm. and still being able to go and pitch yourself. And that's the big thing is writers, if you're going to stand out, I mean, yes, you could do ads and stuff on a blog and stuff. But if you're really going to break into the writing industry and make money, you're going to have to learn to pitch yourself and pitch yourself well. And cold, and cold pitching wasn't easy to learn at first. Mm. Um I learned to do it in a way where it was, I mean, cold pitching, let's be honest, it's icky in a lot of ways. It just sucks. Right. So for me, it wasn't, it didn't feel good for a while until I found a way to pitch in a way that was... It felt ethical, it felt good. It made people feel good when I pitched them. And part of it came down to the intention. I wasn't looking for just a paycheck, but I would do, the big thing was homework. You did your homework, you did your research ahead so that you could personalize a cold pitch. So it didn't feel like, you know, somebody had just copied and pasted and sent it out to hundreds of people all at once. But the big thing with writing and getting into the writing industry, A, you need to be able to write a lot. You need to have a lot of samples you gotta be, be willing to get told no a lot and be willing to keep going and you do need to learn to pitch yourself and pitch yourself well
0: mm. Mm. do
1: that you can become a quite a successful writer
0: mm. Consistency. Thank, mm, thank you for sharing that and i think you know when, when you talk about pitching i mean that's true no matter what type of entrepreneur you want to be i think that a lot of entrepreneurs enter into entrepreneurship and think that it's like it's not sales, and it's like no, entrepreneurs is, is selling. You're gonna to have to be able to sell yourself, It is. right? And so, and marketing,
1: uh, it's both. As so many people get into business and don't realize they want they're gonna they want to do their thing, and they think that's all they're gonna do, and they don't realize. I mean, literally, the backbone of a business is marketing and sales, and people absolutely really don't put enough effort into it, learning it soon enough
0: absolutely
1: let's build a website let's get it a logo and it's like put that money into up in your marketing and sales skills
0: right right <laughs> and and you know I, I I agree with you there I, I think that you know in in the the new entrepreneurs mind who thinks like that they think that's marketing and sales they think the website is marketing they think the logo is what's gonna sell right they and it's you know Absolutely. couldn't be further from the truth <laughs> right like that's not gonna be the case so
1: far I mean those things are important but not in the beginning in the beginning get yourselves and marketing right sell yourself get some money coming in the door and then hire somebody to do these things for you so they're right.
0: Right. Right, completely agree with you there. So, you help service-based entrepreneurs get high-ticket sales online. After someone onboards with you as a client, what steps do you take in order to move them from new client to a client getting results? Right. So, like, let's say someone from my audience right now is like, you know what, I'm gonna work with her. Yeah. What steps are you taking to is- take them from new client to they're getting results?
1: Yeah, first thing I, we start with is a baseline assessment. I the once I once they've hit the pay button, I've received money. Then we start with the baseline assessment, and that's because I've got to know what you're already doing, what you've already tried, your business inside and out, and we got to learn where you're at right now before I can move you forward on a marketing strategy that's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then okay. once we've done that, it goes into of course one to one call. We start the process of putting together a marketing strategy that's going to work for you. Okay. Uh I start them out with my the basic framework that I know works online first okay. and then from there we start tweaking in their stuff and we take what's already working and we build on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That way nobody's starting from scratch unless they're an absolute brand new business, but most of the clients I take on are already been in business for a couple of years or more. So we already take what they've been doing And most of them haven't implemented a marketing strategy. A lot of them have maybe a content strategy, not realizing it's not a marketing strategy. So it's about getting, making sure everything they have full clarity on ideal clients, uh, their goals, their offers, what they're trying to achieve. And then we start matching in what works. Mm -hmm. And really one of the first things that happens when you work with me is I throw all the rules out the window. Mm
0: -hmm. What do you mean by that?
1: I mean, well, the first couple of weeks is I want them to get on and find their voice. I want them to find out what's working for them. And when you're bogged down by the rules of I should do this, I must do this, you know, like, oh, I've got to post three times a day, or I need to make sure I'm getting out and engaging this amount and this kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong. You have to have that stuff. But it, there's so many people have been taught, oh, you should be doing all of right. it. And I hate the word should get right, rid of it from right. your vocabulary. Right. That's a major projection. <laughs> um,
0: should should is, yeah. is a major projection. I, I agree with that.
1: Yeah. I agree. And so first thing, the first couple of weeks is I just have them get online and start posting and talking about what feels good. What other people need to hear from them, that kind of stuff. So if we let go of the rules first, and get them used to doing what feels good then I'm able to create a strategy around them that they can incorporate in their lifestyle so that it doesn't feel so separate and it feels good because if you're not showing up consistently in your marketing because you hate it you hate the marketing strategies you're trying to use it's never going to work you're not going to stay there and you're going to slow down your success so if we start by finding what feels good, what was already working. And then we pair that in with the stuff you need, you know, the backbone of everything of actually, okay, you need to be actually engaging this amount of time. You need to be getting out and forming these relationships by talking to people and getting on calls. But if we've started with what you like, and then we start introducing that stuff in, it's going to work Mm. because it feels
0: good. Right. Right. Okay. So you mentioned the, that you, you do the assessment and upon doing the assessment, you really know their business that you, you like to start with a basic um, framework that, you know, that works in the the online space. Do you mind sharing that basic framework with us today?
1: Sure. I mean, I, I call it my six C's and it doesn't have anything fancy on it. Um, it focuses on clarity Okay. Content consistency, conversation, community, and I think I missed one. Clients—that's my okay. six C's.
0: Can can you break each of those down, starting with clarity, and then and, and repeat a measure as you're breaking them down too? But clarity, starting there, like, what do you mean by clarity? How do you how how does someone get clarity?
1: Well, clarity is your foundation. If you don't start with a foundation and build your business up strong, then it's not going to work anyway. Clarity means making sure that you know your ideal client intimately. You know your offers inside out. They're set up properly for what it is, your niches. You know what goal you're aiming. You can't set up a good marketing strategy if you don't have those three things set up. And you know, because that's what we build the strategy from, is knowing those things. Uh, so clarity starts there. And for me, a lot of people would immediately go into content. I disagree. Mm-hmm. I start on you know, community building first, because you need to get the conversations going, you need to get the relationship building going. So mm-hmm. for me, community and conversation go together. Uh, and, and connections. I mean, it's all for me, community and connections, the same thing. Okay. Uh, so you're building your audience online. You're building your community. Um, You're connecting with the right people because we've gotten you clarity on who your ideal client is. You're introducing and connecting to your ideal client. But not only that, I don't have people just doing it to their ideal client. I recommend you include peers. Right. Because they're supportive. You can get referrals, you can collaboration, right. so many things. Everybody thinks peers are competition, but in reality, they can be your biggest fans.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: And support when it's hard. And also you want to have include in there people who inspire you and motivate you. Mm. Um, people you like talking and listening to. Right. So it's really important who you include in your community because you also and why I like to include the people you like talking and listening to because it's got to be fun. You got to have some enjoyment out of this too. While you're being deliberate, you still got to enjoy it.
0: If Absolutely, you not enjoy
1: it. You're not. It's not going to work. Um, then we finally focus on content. I know everybody else likes content. Like I said, content first, but I disagree. Uh, content's good. The big thing I look at co- content as it a lot of people don't is content is the beginning part of the conversation it's you Mm. talking to people
0: okay
1: so when you take that aspect and you're talking speaking directly to your ideal client through your content all of a sudden you open in that door and saying, hey I want to talk to you I see you I know you come talk to me
0: Mm. so let me ask you this with you saying that you believe content is about creating conversation would you say that people who attempt to sell Um, all the time throughout their content is kind of um, getting content wrong.
1: If they're trying, if they're selling all the time, yes, you Mm -hmm. do need sales content, but not all the time. You you, you can't, you cannot, it's community and relationship building. If you lose track of that, Mm -hmm. then you just become Walmart with the ads all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. You know, it, it, when you start thinking big corporation, all you ever see is ads from them. But for smaller business owners and stuff, if you're not, especially today's audiences, today's audiences want that more personal connection. They want to know who they're buying from. Yeah. Um, and that's how they're choosing in a lot of cases who they're buying from, especially since the pandemic and more people are online than ever, businesses and consumers they're wanting to know how do I choose and they're choosing because they're getting to know you through the relationship building side of things.
0: Mm.
1: So if your content is talking to them and you're actually putting stuff out, absolutely. You have to sell. Right. But, but it, no, you need to focus on education, entertainment, letting them get to know you sharing parts of you. It doesn't mean you got to share everything, but you know, let it, they, get, they want to know you. They right. want to know you. And your content does that. And if you think about con- content as, I look at content and comments as both sides of the conversation online. So in the real world, I, and I only like to call it in person world, because I think online world is real world too. But right. in the in person world, you and I met in person, we're going to have a back and forth. Right. You're gonna speak, I'm gonna speak just like we are now. So that's what c- content and comments are. Comments are the beginning. Just say if you put up a post, that's your okay, I'm speaking to my ideal client and then the co- client gets to come back and comment and now you've got a two-sided conversation
0: mm. Mm. okay. so so we you've you've spoke about these are your uh, your six C's. you've spoke about clarity, content, and commitment. What were the other three again?
1: We have um, consistency. Clients is one of them because you've got to you've got to have clients in there,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Consistency and and hold on, which one did we miss?
0: We have clarity, content, community, consistency, clients, community, community,
1: community. or conversation. Conversation. Sorry, yeah, conversation. I should have had those in front of me. <laughs> helps keep me straight because there's a lot of c's and then when we mix mixing them up it gets out of order
0: absolutely okay. so in, in, in your experience what is what would you say is the most common belief or character trait that hinders service-based business owners from getting high-ticket clients online
1: not being consistent
0: mm, not not being consistent in in what ways in content and in, in lead generation and sales calls like in what ways
1: all of it um the biggest thing that hinders is they don't come online with a marketing strategy and show up consistently they do it sporadically and then they don't do it because you don't have the marketing strategy with a plan to keep you straight like most people Most people anywhere in the two to five year range, if they have not gotten on board with a marketing strategy, are posting and planning their content daily. Mm. They don't have the long term goal. They're not looking at, okay, this is my goal. How do I want to achieve it? And then reverse engineering a marketing strategy so they achieve that goal. And I see this over and over and over again. And that's what slows so many entrepreneurs down from not having the success that I, because they haven't committed. First of all, they haven't committed like a commitment in a lot of ways because they're afraid of niching too much. because they're afraid of cutting out. And a FOMA is a big thing. Fear of missing out is a big thing. That if I niche down, then I'm going to miss out on sales. Um, and then they don't put their business first. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's always like we've been taught society has programmed client first. Instead, you've got to take care of yourself first. If you're not taking care of you and your business, then how can you take care of your clients? Right. And so that's where the consistency comes in with, okay, it doesn't matter where you do your, but for an example, it doesn't matter what your day looks like, but I'm going to get up in the morning. I do my marketing for my business first before i even start thinking of client work before Mm. i start responding back to clients that kind of thing and a lot of people are like well no your clients are more important no my business is because if my business isn't healthy i cannot take care of my clients
0: Mm. yeah yeah that's huge yeah so what what would you say so uh, so they lack consistency the ones that are hindered uh, online and they're they're not seeing success. So obviously, the thing they should be doing instead is is being consistent. Um, what tips would you have for um, being more consistent online?
1: Create a marketing strategy. Everything on this is going to come back to having a marketing strategy because if you don't, you don't have a plan. The marketing strategy is your puzzle pieces put together. It's your action plan for moving forward and if you don't have that then i mean anybody can log on and say i'm going to post content at the same time a day 5 or 7 days a week however many you've decided say you've decided to say right. 5 days a week i'm going to post monday through friday anybody can do that but are you doing it deliberately to achieve the goal you wanted to set out whether it's a financial goal or i want to buy my family a home in 2 years how am i going to achieve that hmm. You know, your marketing strategy needs to be set up to, okay, that's my goal right now. How am I going to make the money and make that happen? Mm-hmm. And that's what that does. It's your plan. And then you once you have that plan, you can follow that plan consistently and make it happen. right Because at the end of the day, you're building a business to achieve something, to make some goal happen. I know a lot of people immediately, well, I just want to help people. It's like, no, that's not actually your real goal. I mean, it's it's one of the things, of course, we want to help people. Yeah. But what is your real goal? Why did you build a business? What's it for? Mm. Is it to take care of your kids? Is it to put them in private school? Is it to buy a house? Is it to live comfortably? That's your real goal, your real why. And that's what your marketing strategy, your, and that's why you're showing up consistently, should be set up to achieve.
0: Hmm. Man, really knowing your why so you can show up consistently. I like that. What would you um so, you know, in an attempt to make this practical for some of my listeners who may be saying, like, okay, I need a I need a marketing strategy, I get it, and I need to be more um intentional about it. Um, I would like to somewhat challenge you to share with us an example from maybe a past quarter of yours or a past year of yours. When you first set out you know, with like, I wanted to achieve achieve X amount of revenue. It could be in a month, it could be in a quarter, whatever, right? I want to achieve X amount of revenue. From there, what were the other things you decided you needed to do and track in order for you to achieve your goals? Just to kind of give my listeners like a visual example of what you're saying right now. Okay,
1: I can do that. Yeah, so what I like to do, it must be measurable. Um, When you're setting up a marketing strategy that works, you must have a measurable goal. So say, for example, I want to make $100,000 this year. Okay. Now, a lot of people are not motivated by money. So I like to break that down into how many clients do I need to have to make $100,000 this year.
0: Hmm.
1: So what I do to start that is I reverse engineer all this, literally. So I take in what is the cost of what am I charging for my core offer, my main offer. Everybody's got one in your high ticket area. So you would divide that cost of your thing into the 100000 and that's how many clients you need for the year. Once you do that, you can divide by 12, and that will equal however many clients you need per month. Okay. So we, if we do the math, um, let's just say we had a, let's just go make math easy. Two thousand dollar offer. That would be fifty clients a year.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and then I'm going to need four clients per month plus two extras thrown in there somewhere. right um so if i need that now what do i need to do to actually get four clients in the goal in the door how many calls do i need to this month to make that happen how much content do i need to post to get in contact with those people how many people do i need to reach out and talk to Mm. that kind of that's how you create a marketing strategy that works
0: right right thank you for sharing and i i come i come i like how you you went all the way into it because um you know, I know even in my early entrepreneurial days and trying to truly understand um, content and podcasting, I think one of the biggest things that hindered me was not really understanding KPIs. Um, it yeah. was really it, it was really easy to, you know, I want to serve, so I'm going to produce quality content. Um, I th- I think that, you know, honestly, if anything, I would say because I have sales experience, but in terms of marketing, I didn't really understand um, how how to set KPIs around marketing. Right. And, and I think that there's a lot of stuff online that when it comes to content marketing is not the most practical, right? Like there is not, you know, I I do hear the post every single day and it's, and, and it's bound to work, but then it's like, okay, but like, can we get more methodical? Like, you know, how many times do I need to post to get X amount of sales client? I mean, sales calls. And then from there, how many of those sales calls can I, you know, look at converting into clients, but you know, there's a, um, I think that that's missing in the space. Obviously there are people that talk about it, but I think for the most part there's more of like a a spray and and pray type of um, approach.
1: Yeah. Everybody just says post content, charge what you're worth. I mean, get on and engage. I mean, it's, it's not practical knowledge in, in what to do in this. And breaking it down and I don't I agree with you I don't think enough people are talking about that actual practical what is it going to take right and I also think that people are given unrealistic expectations because you're told to post daily you're Mm -hmm. told and for a lot of people that's not reality and it's not we need a break from social media Mm -hmm. with my clients when they're working with me they're doing three to five days a week Okay. And they start off and it's a marathon. So they start off slow and work up. It's not like you're going to go out on a marathon and you haven't trained and you're going to run 26 miles the first day you start training. You're going to start off with half a mile or a wow. mile. And, yeah, yeah, so it's the same thing with marketing. And okay. you actually go out and say, oh, God, I'm going to do four hours of marketing today and I haven't done any at all. You're burnt out. And burnout's real and that's what causes people to quit. And the minute you burn out and you're tired and all that, well, there goes your consistency. Mm. You're not showing up anymore. Mm. Algorithms have kicked you to the curb.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. That <laughs> They're not have.
1: showing you no more because you're not showing up. So you've got to start off small and it's better. When my clients start with me, unless they already have some form of marketing strategy and they have some build up. I start them off with three times a week of posting. And thirty minutes of an engagement, three to five days a week, because and then we go from there. You know, mm. build the muscle so that okay. you can get to what you need, and and that's the big thing. I mean, and a lot of people think that there's another huge myth. of, oh, I'm you're getting me on my soapbox. There's <laughs> a big thing that they can you can do your marketing and be bring in six, seven, eight figures in two hours a week. Mm. Yeah. Complete and utter BS. Right. If you are not putting anywhere from at least 12 to 15 hours of marketing in per week, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just not reality that two hours a week is going to do it. it. It just isn't. I mean, if you if you have the money to afford a team and they're doing the rest of the hours, great. Right. But we're talking about mostly smaller business owners that are doing it themselves.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know. Th- there, there is a I could speak on that um for a very long time completely agree with you two hours two hours a week that's not getting it done um I'm sorry you know and it's don't, don't don't mean to come off as pessimistic but it just that's that that's not getting it done um so what has been one of your toughest challenges in entrepreneurship
1: honestly probably getting my husband to believe in me really he, he's Yeah. He's from an employee background. He's, you know, I don't know how many years, 25, 30 years as an employee was probably the hardest thing was getting him out. And he's hundred percent on board. Now I've actually retired him. Okay. Congratulations. How how did
0: you, how did did you, how did you, so how did you overcome it? Well, it it sounds like you overcame it by becoming successful in entrepreneurship. You gave him no choice, but to, but to be on board. So, so, (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, 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 am, I am i right no to say that? <laughs> <laughs> am i right There's to no say choice
1: to be on board because this is what i'm doing
0: <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so, i will
1: admit there was some big fights here and there along the way and, and times where it got tough um but he finally saw the light
0: yeah so for for someone who who may be experiencing that because i think that's a real thing i really do i, I i'm a firm believer that you know, the people that you hang around the most have the most significant influence on your life and your husband, you know, is obviously someone you're hanging around the most. And so it's like for for someone who is in, in that position where it is their significant, it is their husband or it's their, their, their wife, it's their spouse that don't believe in them. You know, what nuggets could you offer them to help them, you know, get through it and be successful building their business and you know, getting their spouse to, to get on board.
1: <laughs> well, I think one thing is you have to be stubborn enough at heart and enough believing in your dream that you're willing to, to make that happen to begin with. Mm-hmm. And you're willing to put up with the, you know, whatever it's going to take until you can get them on board, but it's, I think you just got to be gentle with them. Um, in a lot of cases it's literally because society and, 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 it's an employee mindset and it comes from society, you know, that we work for someone else. And a lot of people don't understand the entrepreneur idea, even, uh, of why do you want to own a business yourself? Why do you want to take on these headaches? Because, I mean, sometimes when we first start out building a business, we're working harder than you would as an employee, and it can be harder, and sometimes they don't get it and realize that, you know, there is going to be failing along the way, and there's going to be road bumps and things like that, and that, you know, until you get through it, it can be rough. Hmm. So, I think even with them, I mean, honestly, my my husband and I did three years of couples counseling uh, to learn to communicate with each other and him to see my point of view and stuff like that. So counseling, therapy, communication is the number one key. You have to talk to each other and you actually have to listen and hear the other side and compassion and empathy.
0: Right. If you don't mind me asking, whose decision was it to do couples therapy? Was it yours from like a state of like, I want to make this work, but I'm not giving up entrepreneurship. So we have to do this, or was it was it his? Like how did how did how did that come It was his.
1: It was his. It was. Yeah. He is actually he believes in that kind of stuff too. And so it was it was nice coming from him. I come from a background, a family that didn't believe in therapy and counseling. And you know, there was a whole stigma with it. So he was actually the one that suggested it. And best thing we ever did mm-hmm. I, we spent three years because we're not taught to communicate with each other we just we go yeah. through life it's kind of even like walking you're never taught how to walk <laughs> I didn't yeah. learn this until I had <laughs> did physical therapy when I broke my ankle and uh and my thera- physical therapist taught me how to walk but it's the same thing with with talk, communicating with other people we're surrounded by other people but we just learn how to talk, but we don't actually learn how to communicate right. in a way because we're all different. Mm. We all have different ways of hearing and listening and talking to each other. And so not only was that good for my relationship with my husband, but it helps me with my clients.
0: Mm. That's huge.
1: It was it, it. was huge. It was really huge. So I was able to bring what I learned from that into talk to
0: people just in general Mm, that's huge thank you for sharing that um what what is one book that has helped you in your entrepreneurial journey
1: you know i like the um you're a badass series by Jen Cicero. i love her books
0: okay We, we will include that in this show notes what's the name of it again you're a badass. Oh uh, well, she I mean, did
1: a whole series It's you're a badass at making money. Um, oh shoot, I can't remember what the other ones are, but she's got a whole series of it and they're, you're a badass at whatever and it, it, with the business world. And they really, it was just such common sense, practical advice of you know go out and do it. And they really had quite an impact on me. There were other ones too, but that was one of my favorites just because of how she wrote it and presented it.
0: Mm. Okay. That's good to know. I, I will be including that in the show notes. Before we get out of here today, I would like to ask if there was a principle or practice that um, we didn't get covered today that you would like to share, what would it be?
1: Be yourself. Hmm. Don't be afraid to do the thing things in the way that works for you. And that's whether it's life, business or your marketing. Um, there's a million and one ways to get there on your dreams. Make sure you go for your dreams And do whatever it is that's going to make you happy and find the way that works for you because it sucks being stuck in a life or a business that doesn't
0: work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for joining me today on Daily Path Podcast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, To my listeners, I hope you take something that you learned from today's podcast episode and implement it in your daily path. Until next time, have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Daily Path Podcast. If you would like to launch your own podcast show to expand your reach, grow your network and sign more premium clients for your business, visit DailyPathAcademy.com to learn how we can help you launch an impactful podcast that changes lives around the world and acquires high ticket clients for your business. That's DailyPathAcademy.com.